As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects to Pros. I am your host, Nate Tice. And doesn't matter who the host has been on this show, there's been one mainstay of this show, and that right now is my co-host, Dane Brugler. I'm so excited to get to the show, and how are you doing today, Dane? I'm doing well. Uh, this is going to be fun, you know, since May, really. I mean, after after the last draft, I've gotten tweets almost daily asking, okay, when's Prospects to Pros coming back? You know, what... Uh, when, when Andy uh, Staples, when he left, oh, so what What happens to prospects to pros? And well, here we are uh, every Wednesday between now and the draft. This is going to be awesome. I, I, this is actually season four of prospects yeah. to pros. You know, last year with Staples, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, the show grow every year, but this is like uh, Saul Goodman becoming a part of the cast midway through Breaking Bad. It's like, oh, okay, we're making a good show even better. And that's what we're doing with you on board here uh, as we talk all things NFL draft. So, I mean, you and I have a lot of conversations about these prospects offline. So, I mean, it makes sense. Let's just hit the record button and, you know, share what we're hearing, what our thoughts are on the, all these guys and share it with the world. That's that's exactly it. I. Uh, we're really focused on the pro section too, which I think will be a lot of fun too. That's why it's yeah. all encompassing. Yeah. So you get kind of my uh, weird brain thrown in here. Just wait until we hit like October and November. And I, I start referring to some random scheme that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are running and maybe that's a fit for some receiver I'm watching or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, no, I, I, I'm really, once this idea kind of got thrown to me about like us getting together and doing the show, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> wasn't much of pushback. It was like, yeah, let's do that. That's that works. Uh, anyone that's watched our draft shows the last couple of years, that's been a highlight of my entire calendar. Uh, I mean, the draft is anyways, but it's been fun doing it with you because not only respect everything that you put into this and and think you're the best of the best, but also just kind of geeking out. I think we had a question one time. Me and you were talking about like draft memories, and me and you were talking about oh. Well, Saturday and Sundays, it was the best. Oh, yeah. Like you just sat, you woke up first thing in the morning, you watched it all day, and Robert's staring at us like we have twelve heads. <laughs> like he's like, yes. yeah, I was like, I was at some restaurant probably in high right, school. Right, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I was getting some Chicago pizza spot. But no, I, I if anyone knows in the intro, I wanted to rip the bandaid off and get into it because I, I think this show is going to be great. Right now, we're going to focus on the twenty twenty four QBs. 
Um, it's a really fun class, not only just the top couple guys, but also just a lot of interesting uh, other prospects that might rise, some might fall, and some might come out of nowhere, and some might just stay the same. That's how I felt last year's class was. It was, oh, you don't know who will rise, and I think my rankings stayed pretty much verbatim or the exact same throughout the whole process. Maybe Anthony Richardson re- uh, rose up at the end there. But uh, no, I think this is going to be a great class. I'm really excited to dive into it. I'll also kind of just get some housekeeping in order. We're going to talk about other positions next week uh, from this 2024 class. And then after that, we're going to do a little bit of a focus on maybe some second-year players and some rookies, some superlatives. And we have some other ideas that we're going to drop in here over the next couple of weeks before the season starts. And then once the season starts, we're rolling. Let's, <laughs> we're, we're going week to week, talk about different prospects, talk about rookies that are happening in the NFL and other you know, young players in the NFL and talk about their journey there. So let's just get this thing going. Let's, uh, I don't think – I think anybody that's focused on maybe college football and the draft process, they always hear what is the, the magic words. I think you started in your article. Well, next year's quarterback class is even better. And Dane, would you say that maybe for once that this one is true or would you say – you know, it's there's a couple names, or maybe that it's not that saying kind of gets thrown out the window uh, when regards to maybe Caleb Williams and Drake May. Right, I don't think we're going to need that phrase this year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was especially true two years ago when we had uh, a historically uh, below average quarterback class. One quarterback yeah. drafted in the first seventy three picks that was Kenny Pickett. But even last year, when you know we we really liked uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson and these guys. All eyes were still on Caleb Williams and Drake May. Well, here we are. Now they are, after the season, they will be draft eligible. And talking towards next year's class, uh, there's a lot of excitement. And not only those two guys at the top, but a couple other intriguing underclassmen, which we'll get to, and then a really, really deep senior class. Um, I mean, I'll just kind of put this out there now. Uh, Do you know what the record is for the most quarterbacks drafted in a seven-round draft? Oh, no. Uh, 14? I, I uh, you're remember. close. Yeah, it's 17. Yeah. Uh, it, when the draft moved from 12 rounds to seven rounds in like 94. It's like 92. 94. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Since then, so we're talking 30 years, it was that 04 yeah. class, which had Eli Manning, Rivers, Roethlisberger at the top. But then, you know, day three was – or. Th- to your point, uh, earlier point, day two was full of uh, those late, mid to late round quarterbacks, the Jim yeah. Sorgies of the world. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, don't forget JP Lowe's in there, right? Yeah. Wasn't he QB4 in he that was, class? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, but this year, it's going to be interesting because last year we had 14 quarterbacks drafted. Yeah. This year, I have no doubt we're going to finish with upwards of 20 quarterbacks with draftable grades. Now it's just a matter of will there be enough teams willing to use a draft pick on those guys. But this is a class that has a chance to – and the underclassmen, that'll determine a lot too. Who comes out, yeah. who goes back for their senior year. But the potential of this quarterback class is a chance to see a lot of these guys off the board. Um, it, it'll, it'll be really interesting. But you know, to your point, it all starts with those first two quarterbacks at the top. Yeah, I, I mean, even you do such a great job with kind of your primer, I guess, articles in the summer for each position and uh, one of my favorite reads of the summer because it's it's not just a, oh, let's have a breakdown of Marvin Harrison Jr. and that's it. It's like actually, you know, but depending on the position you're talking about, you, you get into the weeds of some, maybe some guys that even new to a guy like me who's a full-on nerd with some stuff or others that are kind of draft nicks. Um, going into all this stuff. And I mean, your senior list, like kind of your watch yeah. list, I guess, is what, what 
about 25 guys, and that's just your seniors. Yeah. I'm including the underclassmen. And when putting together kind of I my Google Doc, and I was kind of writing out my big board to start out in May and just who I'm going to start watching throughout the summer, I felt like the quarterbacks just kept going on and on and on. And I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, this guy mm-hmm. transferred. He might be interesting. Oh, yeah, this guy, I liked him last year. You know, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, who was a, a guy on my short list last year, is like an afterthought going into this year. We might talk about him later, but just a, that's like a perfect instance, a uh, perfect example for me anyways of going, this guy was an, on the short list last year and is now in the honorable mentions and, and uh, you of mentioned this year. Transfers uh, of my top yeah. 20 seniors, 17 transferred at least once. Wow. Some of them multiple times. Uh, the only ones uh, I think of the top 20 that did not transfer were Michael Pratt at Tulane, uh, KJ yep. Jefferson, Arkansas, and um, Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina. But he was even in the transfer portal, uh, just decided to go back to Coastal. So uh, it's a different world at the position. And with this year, you have a lot of sixth-year guys because of the COVID year. So it's just kind of a perfect storm of all of this that's going to make this a very deep quarterback class, um, but also intriguing at the top when we have some of these underclassmen that warrant first-round discussion. Well, yeah, let's talk about one of those underclassmen that also transferred. <laughs> so it kind of knocks out both check, uh, uh, both talking points right then and there. And that's Caleb Williams from USC. And I think anyone, Caleb Williams, I'm sorry, from USC. And I think anyone that has any inkling of football knowledge is aware of Caleb Williams. Uh, won the Heisman last year uh, and also just was on everybody's radar, I think, right away from some huge national performances, some trick shot throws that he was going in there. I also think it's nice for me because I've really trained my brain to not uh, focus maybe on guys that aren't draft eligible. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Caleb Williams and even the guy we're about to talk about too, uh, Drake May, they kind of made you watch them because you're watching the receivers that they're right. throwing to. And those guys are draft eligible. And you're like, man, man, did you see that throw? Yeah. And you're like, it's taking, I'm taking videos and screenshots of the quarterback. And I'm like, and all of a sudden I would go through 20 plays. I'm like, oh shoot, I, I got to watch Jordan Addison. <laughs> totally forgot that that's, that's who I'm supposed to be studying right now. But when you watch Caleb Williams and I, I, I know you kind of put a one, a one B on, on these two on Drake May and Caleb Williams. But when you watch Caleb Williams right now, like as a prospect, what gets you excited about him? I know there's been some hyperbole, but like just look through the scouting lens, or what makes it so highly it makes him so highly graded for you, and probably other evaluators that watch him. Yeah, I think the, the list is long uh, of reasons why <laughs> Caleb gets you excited about what he's going to be at the next level. I, I think the number one thing for me is the poised playmaking. Uh, there were numerous plays on last year's tape where I'm just laughing out loud because of the absurdity of what he's doing. Uh, first, the awareness and vision are rare. Uh, it allows him to negotiate the rush, create with his legs. He's shorter than ideal, but he's well-built. He's strong. Uh, and that helps him shrug off tacklers and break those tackles. Uh, you, you Think about him standing next to Anthony Richardson. There's a huge mm-hmm. size difference here, but Williams had only three fewer forced missed tackles last year than Richardson, which says a lot about his elusiveness. So, that first part of the equation, the vision, the awareness, the second part is the arm talent. I mean, you mentioned that some of these trick shots that he's do- making out there, um, we're gonna there'll be some obvious comparisons to Bryce Young uh, as a prospect last year because of the feel, uh, the ability mm-hmm. to create. But where Williams has a clear advantage uh, over last year's number one overall pick is the power in his arm. Uh, he has a 
uh, a knack for staying balanced and maintaining his base regardless of the platform. And he can fire these accurate lasers all over the field. And that is where we start to hear the Pat Mahomes comps, you know, really come in. And, you know, like, is it unfair to compare a college prospect to the best player in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history? Of course. But stylistically, you think about how Mahomes plays and you can understand why we're going to hear that conversation or that, uh, that comparison over and over yeah. the next eight months. So playing quarterback is all about having answers to the different problems that defense presents. And Caleb, he's got such a unique skill set that he consistently finds answers to all those problems that that defense is trying to throw at you. I, I love the missed tackle stat because when you watch him as a thrower and a runner, it's balance. Yeah. And not only just – it's balanced in a way like okay, it's contact balance, you know, through the through the guys, through the tacklers, the defenders, and arm tackles and everything. He's bouncing off guys, spinning, always getting north. It's remarkable, really. But also just what you're saying, throwing off platform, and the fact that he can, it's he's he's not balanced in, in a way because he's not throwing it on a balance like right. where he's perfectly set, but he can still get that torque in those throws. I. I I said the only way I can compare is like throwing style. He's like a dart thrower. Like, and mm. usually when people say dart throws, it's about accuracy, and he is accurate. But just if you're picturing, no, it's what maybe if you're seeing this on YouTube right now, you can see me, my little visual here. But when a guy throws a dart, it's just from the elbow upwards, uh, you know, elbow to the fingertips. And that's the fact that he can create so much torque just with that and so much zip on the ball while throwing off balance. It, it's, it is remarkable. That is what gets me excited personally watching him. Um, I think he checks all the boxes. Like he doesn't have that maybe overwhelming arm strength or anything like that, but it checks the box. Mm. Like it's plenty. It's NFL good. Yeah. Like it's not where it's not even like, oh, flashes of good. There'll be a guy I'll talk about later. But it's like, nope, he makes that benchmark where you don't even have to worry about it. You know, so that's what's really cool. It's that package of being a true thrower of the football, a true passer while kind of getting there sometimes from the pocket, but also just the creating contorting. And if you watch any NFL quarterback and any of these top guys, that's what you need is <laughs> throwing off balance and throwing from tight pockets and changing to that arm angle. And he's already doing it over and over again in huge moments too. It's not like he's just doing it against some FCS school early right. in the year. He's doing it in the, the, uh, the, uh, the Pac-12, well, RIP Pac-12, but the Pac-12 championship game or or just like these big moments in the fourth quarter. And it's like, that's that's what you want to see. If, you, if you're you going to give a guy a big grade, that's that's kind of, these are the boxes you want to check for a guy that has a big grade. And right. um, having said all that, all these positives, uh, unless you have any more that you want to throw in there. Um, no, I was going to say, yeah, th throw in the Utah games, both Utah games, throw in yes, the Notre Dame game. You know, like the teams that have, players on the defense that at least have a shot at the next level. Um, and he's still making these plays. And yeah. I, I think that will maybe, uh, as we talk about where he needs to improve, that, that kind of, yeah. you know, because there are some ways, you know, initially when I was watching him, I jotted down some notes where he's too willing to make throws uh, in reverse or without completely settling his feed. And, you know, as I'm writing these notes down as potential negatives, Tape after tape, I'm, I'm realizing, okay, you know what? It's working for him. So right. it's not something it's not a that, detriment. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not something where I need to see him improve this because it works. No. And I that goes back to lessons learned with a guy like Pat Mahomes, who I, for me personally is going to go down as one of my biggest misses as a prospect. His, his backyard style of 
of playing football at Texas Tech was often reckless and it just created so many it was obnoxious at times yeah oh yeah it, it just created <laughs> it really questions. was it, you know can this yeah. translate can he do this against NFL competition yeah and it just felt like a big uh you know this big chasm he would have to leap to to get there uh but obviously you know he he was he's able to do it and do it at a high level uh that taught me about having more of an open mind especially for special yeah. players and I think yeah. Caleb qualifies, uh, and I, I'm not throwing out that S word, that special word, uh, just uh, you know, willy nilly. This is something that I really believe. After watching him, is he he belongs in that special category. And when it works for you, and it's not creating uh, more problems, you embrace it, you go with it because it is creating problems for the defense. And so, initially, what was a negative for me really turned out to be a positive for him. I I. 100% with you. I used to be Mr. I want all my quarterback prospects right. to look like Jared Goff. Right. Like I wanted them to sit in the pocket, throw intermediate and just knife knife defenses up and there's a line I want to say it was Jordan Palmer that said and Robert Robert Mays will say this uh this line a couple times was I think Jordan Palmer said it, it was like Jared Goff is the last quarterback to look like that that'll go number 1 overall. Like that his play style. Mm. And it's like but that was kind of it was just the idea of that and that's I used to be the same way. I was like, oh, they're too much creation and everything. And that kind of Mahomes comparison has gotten thrown around the last couple of years. You know, Zach Wilson was getting it a bunch. And I understand the the trick shot aspect. And there's that kind of down-to-down stuff. And this is why I kind of pound over the table about Mahomes as an NFL player is the boring stuff that he does well. Then that's what makes him Mahomes is that high floor now on top of all the crazy stuff that he can do. Williams – does that Mm -hmm. which that's why i'm more i'm never going to compare anyone to mahomes it's just like such an anomaly but with the idea that people are trying to get across i totally get it's that kind of trick shot element is it's it's easier to wean that down and get that out of guys as opposed to making a guy be more aggressive and be make them like hey come on can you just try to throw it over the middle or try to throw this off balance or are you just gonna always check it down left and right and like that's i that's one thing i've really come around for it's i'd much rather have the wild horse type than the guy that's maybe a little too perfect with everything but if we are talking about negatives or weaknesses or room for improvement are are there any other ones that maybe you have kind of a or kind of earmarked or something that you just want to see on this next year you know coming off the heisman season like what other growth that maybe he can check uh to make you feel even better about Williams. Yeah, I mean, I think my main issue uh, with, with Caleb was something something that I think he can improve on this year, and that's just progression timing. I think a lot of times he is guilty of uh, relying on his legs a little too much, that creativity that we love about him, yeah. that controlled chaos. It, it's self-induced a lot of times because of you know the timing from read to read is inconsistent. Uh, he's more than willing to invite that pressure into the pocket. Uh, last year, only two FBS quarterbacks saw more defensive pressures than Williams. Part of that was the offensive line wasn't very good. It was average at best. Another part of it was his tendency to hold the ball, uh, linger on reads too long. So you love the creativity, the talent that bails him out time after time, but you also want to see fewer hits on his body. Uh, you want to yeah. see him take the layup if it's there. It's not always about hitting the home run, especially on first down. So uh, I think all the things that or a lot of the things that we like about him, some of that he can reel back a little bit. And, and I think a lot of that comes with maturation, with experience. Um, and maybe this is also where we talk about Lincoln Riley's offense, right? I mean, yes. there's no doubt. Well, don't you worry. I was going to bring it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's something that he'll be dinged throughout the process. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, 
there's no doubt Caleb benefits from the scheme, right? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of RPOs, counters, uh, swing screens, slants, uh, Y cross. So I call money. I call money plays. Yeah, it, there's a lot of money plays. Right, <laughs> and, and Riley. I mean, he's one of the most well prepared offensive coaches yeah. I've ever scouted. And you rarely yeah. see him caught off guard by what the defense is doing. So I think the melding of Riley's offensive brain and Caleb's poised playmaking and you've got fireworks. So yeah. now, and I don't think either entity here is reliant on the other to be successful. And I think that's important, but I think, and I think that's how NFL teams are going to see it too. Mm-hmm. But does Riley, uh, his offense, does it make things easier on a quarterback? Yes. I, there's no doubt about that, but I don't think that's necessarily a reason to doubt what Caleb can do on his own uh, or even in a different scheme in the NFL. That that is the always the question is the the can't or won't right. is it is it because can he he can't do it or is it they just won't let him do it or just you know all those questions and that's I was gonna bring up for for my kind of things I want to see this year and that and that's being in the Lincoln Riley would I say the money play offense is kind of you know, that's part of what I want to see improve. I want to see maybe that I already brought it up, but that ability to progress in the pocket just consistently. Um, I, I see flashes of Caleb Williams in the pocket moving and it's like, okay, that's good. Now at least you're doing it. And then he'll bail. And then a couple of plays later, then he'll bail quickly. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you had a guy coming over, Caleb, like, just wait, just wait that extra half second in there. And it, but it's not always where it's like a big red alert for me, like where I've seen other guys uh, a couple of years ago, Malik Willis, as soon, like every time I watched him, the, these guys couldn't be any further apart, right. but Malik Willis, I'm watching him. It was like any type of pressure. He was gone. Right. And that, that is a huge, cause it only gets tougher in the NFL. So I agree with you that that's some things I want to see clean up is the ability to kind of just hang in the pocket. But again, that might be a can or won't thing with that offense. And I, it, that's the thing is uh, I also want to say is I'm glad you brought up that maybe, you know, not taking those hits and being the big game hunter at sometimes. Do you think that what he's listed right now is what? Six, one, two, 15. Do you, what, what do you think what his measurements might, might actually be at? Do you think he gets to the six, one mark or is it more of a six Oh five, eight, 208 type, type situation with him. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any type of verified measurements on him, so I'm okay. interested to find out exactly what he is, especially come draft time. I mean, yeah, Bryce Young was uh, a buck 88 for most of the season at Alabama, and he shows up at the combine at 204, and it's like, oh, okay, he's going to be a 200-pound quarterback now. Yeah. Uh, pass on the pro day weigh-in. <laughs> yeah, right, and I bet you won't get him on a scale right now at, in training Ever camp again. in Carolina. Uh, and, and that's fine. You know what? It, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I, but, yeah, probably he's going to be a hair under 6'1", uh, right around, probably in between the 215, 220, probably, I'd say, okay. 218, combo, something like that. I mean, that's something... That's almost big. That's like a bigger deal to me than yeah. the height is, the right. is the weight. Because the height doesn't knock him at all. He sees over the middle and he yeah. throws over the middle. So I'm not like, dog. that's why I'm not too worried about it. But it's the weight that I am kind of curious about. And I think the one other thing we need to mention, too, with, with Caleb is uh, this upcoming season, no more Jordan Addison. He was a, a first-round yep. pick. Um, right. So, you know, you lose uh, a big talent there. But the wide receiver depth chart there is still pretty deep. I mean, there's a lot of guys. They added Dorian Singer, a transfer from Arizona. He's got some – he's a smaller receiver, but he's got big-time ball mm-hmm. skills. So I don't think the talent drop-off on offense is going to be anything that should necessarily hurt him this year, uh, which maybe could be something that hurts uh, the next guy we're going to talk about. 
Right. Let's let's jump right in. Yeah. I do want to say one last thing with with Caleb Williams too is that he's used to that Lincoln Riley offense. The rest of his teammates weren't. They didn't transfer yeah. from all. Not all of them didn't transfer from Oklahoma. So it, I do think that they're the rest of his teammates are going to get a little bump up as they get comfortable in that kind of unique offense he runs. That's but a good point. I, I I loved your segue there, and that that'll be the one B of this conversation. Might be my one A. Uh, spoilers, spoilers. Might or is my one A. Is my one A. Okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll have. I don't want to steal any thunder yet. But uh, that is Drake May from North Carolina. Uh, let's 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 talk about why, why is Drake May. Caleb Williams has got a lot of hoopla around him. Won the Heisman. He is getting put on pyramids as like already the fifth best NFL quarterback right now. And he's not even in the NFL right now. So what about the guy that Drake may is now being considered the one B. And I think a lot of people are shocked that anyone could even be in the same tier as Caleb Williams. So when you're watching him as an evaluator, what is there to like about Drake may from North Carolina? And there are some really smart quarterback minds uh, in the NFL who think may is the top quarterback prospect this year. So trust me, you you're not alone. Um, that makes me feel a lot better it, it, by the way. No, it, it, <laughs> so. it's, it's a real thing. Um, okay. I mean, I personally, I give the edge to Caleb just for everything we just talked about, but may is it, man, he's fun to watch. And I, it nice. just, a lot of what you want at a quarterback, like that prototypical skill set, he has. You want size, check. Arm strength, check. Mobility, check. I mean, you just keep going down the list and you end up with a lot of check marks. So that that release is clean. It's explosive, especially on those three-step drops. Um, downfield touches there. Uh, I, I like that his tape has almost the full inventory of throws that you want to see in terms of translating to the next level. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for how agile he is, uh, especially in the pocket. He's really, really smart. I mean, last year was his first as a starter, first year as a starter, and you could see him make some uh, big boy reads, uh, you know, based yes. on the leverage of the safety, based on the coverage shells. Uh, I don't think he's quite on Justin Herbert's level, but if you liked Herbert as a prospect, I mean, there's no reason why yeah. you won't like May. Boy, do I have a quarterback for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, why, no, why is he why yeah, is he your your one A? Uh, what is it that gives him a little bit of the edge over Caleb? Like like everything you just kind of hinted at, he checks a lot of those boxes, the size, and I do think I I think he might even be a better athlete than Caleb Williams, which is yeah. kind of shocking. I think he's extremely explosive um you see him eating ground as a runner and he's got good vision as a runner which is kind of surprising for like a quarterback of that size and he's like setting up blocks and stuff and it's like oh that's cool um everything you mentioned i i think he has i would say good with flashes of very good arm strength i don't know if i would give him a seven you know on the old grading scale but he's close to it yeah. uh, i i did learn one thing it was like you you round down with those grades so that way it makes it special when you do give right. a guy like a, a very good grade but he has flashes of that what you said about pushing the ball downfield is what i love he makes those big boy throws he throws with touch and layers it like so he has every type of throw in his arsenal and it's not theory where it's like, oh, he has a big arm, but he never completes one. It's like, no, he's completing intermediate throws where he gets it over the over the linebacker. He's pushing it down the field on a go ball. I think watching him in the red zone is so much fun because of some of the throws, the high lows that he makes and um, that quick twitch in such a big frame. Mm -hmm. I love his pocket movement already. He's tough as all get out. I'll, once we talk about the negatives, I'll, I'll get into that as well. But this guy, the offensive line was garbage last year and he is making throw after throw after throw and what you're saying is it's good to hear about uh maybe the iq stuff checking because that's what it looks like on film is his ability kind of he progresses yeah. and it's quick and it's kind of that 
It's not the exaggerated one to two to three. It's you can see him glance and come off stuff and get to two and three, which is very encouraging for a guy with not a lot of starts. So there is just, he checks everything I like. I'm always going to be a sucker for size and athleticism skill sets, but the guy has the kind of intangibles that I like as far as toughness and accuracy and also just the intelligence from the pocket. But my one stat I had with him was he was the fourth most pressure quarterback. This is from SIS sports info solutions, fourth most pressure quarterback among FBS quarterbacks with 200 more pass attempts. And he had the same rate of catchable passes as Bryce young while pushing the ball further. And he had the same boom bust rate that SIS has as Bryce Young, like literally the exact same numbers, all like 0.1%. From so he's throwing like Bryce Young, but he's bigger, probably yeah. faster. <laughs> and like, you know, so it's a, it's a very, very intriguing, intriguing package that just, yeah, it makes me, makes me very excited. But when you watch him, what, what are some negatives that maybe crop up for you? I, I know there's one that is my big one. I've seen him get better at it, but I want to hear that maybe anything else that you've seen. For me, I think the, one main area I'm going to be focusing on with May this year is just the lower body mechanics. Um, mm -hmm. When his throws are off target, you can usually point to his footwork as being the culprit. Um, you know, and, and we talked about this with Caleb, uh, how it doesn't always have to be perfect in terms of his base. Uh, yeah. You know, he finds a way to stay balanced with his throws and his accuracy, whether he's in the pocket or he's changing an arm angle uh, outside the pocket. His accuracy is pretty much the same. It doesn't. There's not a big any any big uh, any big change with May. I think with his footwork, that's where and he has athletic feet, like you mentioned. He has quiet feet, but sometimes he relies on his upper half a little too much. Yeah. He relies on that arm. His feet get lazy. Yeah, like well, they, and it's, it, when you have an arm like that, you know, it's it's hard to blame him. But sometimes yeah. you need to reset the base to use yeah. your hips, square, drive. I, I wouldn't call this a major problem. I think it's something that needs to be cleaned up, something that as he gets another uh, year under his belt in college, something that he'll get better at, but something that yeah. I'll be looking for this year. Yeah. that for, for me, it was especially late in the year, they went through a little skid was I mentioned that the North Carolina offense line wasn't great. Mm -hmm. it, sometimes he would make a bad play worse. And he would bail backwards in the pocket, yeah. which is kind of it's, that's in the NFL. That's a no, no. You like, cannot do that. And already seeing it in college a little bit. And I give him some benefit of the doubt. It was more when it was like, really, they had a couple bad drives in a row there. The defense gave up a couple touchdowns. So he's trying to make something happen and he starts bailing backwards. And then the defenders just hook around and get him, And it's a 12 yard sack as opposed to maybe, okay, getting back to the line of scrimmage or getting rid of the ball. Um, I think that is very extremely fixable, but it is something that I want to see improvement on is because there'll be times where he's taking two on one drive and the drive's dead after they just move the ball down because he's just taking a bad sack. Right. I wouldn't say he's loose with the ball or anything like that. It's just more taking too many yards on the sacks is the number one thing. And that to me is a, okay, my guard just got beat 10 times in a row. I'm not stepping up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not right. taking another shot to the chin. They're playing Georgia State. I watched Georgia State, North Carolina film. And Georgia State is destroying their offensive line. And I was like, that's Georgia State. Yeah. <laughs> that's nothing. And then that was early in the year. And they kind of got a little better. And at the tail end of the year, they kind of faded again. So that's one thing I really do want to see. I'm glad you brought up the footwork, too. I do see it sometimes where he like default, he like tries to trick shot things without needing to, because I, and that's why I say the lazy feet, yeah. he just, he just goes, ah, oh, I'm just going to flick it with my arm. And it's like, ah, just, you have, you have space in the pocket, get your feet around and just, you know, take that extra half second. So I agree with that point as well. So uh, talked so, about these. Oh, sorry. Real quick too. We, we mentioned no Jordan Addison. Okay. No Josh Downs. 
yes. I think it was 117, 116 targets last New year. New offense coordinator. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's going to be a big yep. change. Phil Longo now up in Madison with your Badgers. Uh, yeah. Which which is which is shocking crazy. to some people, yeah, by that, the that's, way. That's seeing a, seeing a modern offense in, <laughs> in Madison, Wisconsin, is well, kind of throwing some people off right now. And it's kind of like a okay, Phil Longo, who has a history of productive offenses. Yep. But I wouldn't necessarily call him or his offenses complicated or, mm-hmm. you know, like necessarily nope. the best offense all to, about to prepare quarterbacks yep. for the next level, right? Yep. So I, I'm eager to see what May is going to look like uh, with this new offense. Which It's under Chip Lindsey, who, you know, longtime college offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, it should be a little more balanced, maybe a little more refined. So That'll be interesting to see uh, how that works out. The receiver to watch, I think, is going to be Devontae Walker, transfer from Kent State. Someone's going to catch all these passes. Uh, yeah. Walker is a name to keep an eye on, a chance to really blow okay. up as this season goes on. That's good to know. That, that it's I, I I love when you see a quarterback transition to a new offense because then maybe right. you see a different types of throws exactly. and how he handles it. And I that's what turned me on to May. At first, when I watched him on TV throughout the year, it was like, you know, on that offense, you're just chucking up go balls, and then you got downs on a win route on the middle, and it's like, okay, that's not that doesn't take a lot. And I appreciate him more on film because then you got to see his eyes yes. and see him actually come off throws, and that's where I was like, oh, okay, you're not just a game, you're not just a, a game a gamed up quarterback that we talked about other guys. So and the other um, the other two things that I mentioned with these two guys, um, or uh, we don't okay, neither one of us have actually spent days with them to fully understand no. them as people but right. uh, the what i i've been told from people that have is they both have that that fu energy that awesome. that competitiveness um that co- you need from your quarterback if you're gonna to. play at the high level um and you're gonna lead especially if what they're asked to do that's something that made bryce young the number one pick last year i is, was just gonna say that yeah that I quiet confidence about that. him yep. he was ready with the intangibles um you know i think caleb a lot w- 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 uh, was made last year with the nail polish and what he put on the nail polish and things like that but as long as everybody, every everyone in that locker room is looking up to you as the guy that's yes. going to go out and lead us to battle, that's all that matters. And yep. uh, do you know who pr- uh, protected his blind side in high school? No, I didn't. Mister, uh, guy we'll be talking about next week, uh, Olu Fashanu. Uh, oh, in Maryland, that's right. Yeah, so one right. Of, who will be one of the first players drafted this year, offensive tackle yes. uh, at Penn State. Uh, I mean, he has nothing but positive things to say about Caleb and just the way he carries himself, the person that he is, the player that he is, the leader that he is. So, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we'll learn more and more throughout the process. Um, just these guys as people and their intangibles, things like that. But the early, uh, feedback from, from scouts and, and people that have been spent time around them has been, you know, nothing but positive about both these guys. It's, It's such an important point. Especially yeah. when you're taking these guys, you know, potentially top five, top ten. Like it, that's these guys are the franchise. It's they're anointed. They have to be the hardest worker, and so it's good to hear that. I, I figured May with his kind of his athletic family. You know, I feel like he had some competitiveness right. to him. Probably got beaten up by his brothers a little bit. And then with right. Williams, it's for me, it's weird. You know, having painted fingernails, like weird isn't bad. If you're a hard worker and you're like a baller and you're tough. Guys don't care. Like they, they, they just see you. They know you're scoring points for them. They are gonna love that. So it's all about hey, once you get to the pros, are you a professional and carrying this team? They'll, they'll be all for it. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. How do you stack these two up, Caleb Williams and Drake May, uh, compared to other quarterbacks that you've studied? Um, like recent history or even further along, uh, if you like. It could be the last five years, 10 years, 20 years. I know you've been watching the draft since you were in the womb. So uh, ever, <laughs> so since then, um, it could be, you don't have to say generational or anything like that, but just a f- kind of a frame of reference that maybe the tier that these two guys are in. Yeah, and I think this is, Right now, the grades are incomplete, right? I mean, we still have yeah. a full season to evaluate. But yes. so, I, I mean, I've been doing this professionally uh, for 15 years. The highest grade for a quarterback that I ever gave out was Andrew Luck. And yeah. then the second highest grade I ever gave out for a quarterback was Joe Burrow. Third was Trevor Lawrence. So I think Williams uh, has a chance to be somewhere in that top three, maybe knocking Lawrence out of there. Whether it's one, two, or three, we'll have to see. Uh, You know, based on how the season plays out and the more evaluation we do of the player. But just based off of watching six or seven tapes this summer, he has that type of potential, that type of ability to get into that top three. For me, uh, you know, obviously this is something we'll revisit uh, maybe mid-season than at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it says a lot that we're even talking about it right now. And, That's I mean, who knows? Brilliant. I mean, I'm not going to put anything in stone right now. Maybe May could even pass him for me. Uh, maybe I join you in thinking May is the is the top guy this year. But um, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this because sometimes we can get, you know, so caught up in the moment that, oh, this is the best, uh, you know, he's a franchise guy, generational guy, you know, that those words get thrown out so, so easily. Uh, but for you, based off quarterbacks, quarterback prospects that you've seen, you've studied, where does he fall in line for you? I, so I've been officially doing this where I'm actually watching the studying guys since the 2014 draft, okay. but I got to watch luck a little bit because we played some teams when I was in college, we played against that played against Stanford. So we, I, I, so like luck, college luck is in my brain. Like, but like I would say officially studying Trevor is my number one, you know, but if I included luck, luck was the best I've ever seen, but I'd say officially, officially it's Trevor. And then I kind of have like a half gap and then it's like burrow is two. And then it's like, it's May Williams right after that. Yeah. So I put it as in the last decade as like my official line here is that though these two are both in the top five, any way you shake it, um, which is 
I mean, it's yeah. You look at some of these past classes, guys that went one two. Goff and Wentz went one two, yeah. and it's like these guys as prospects to me. Or I know that's hindsight's everything, but even as prospects, these guys are easily a full tier better yeah. than when I watch those guys. Winston and, Mariota. And, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting when you include last year's class because we. Yeah. I mean, the top three guys that were drafted last year, all, all in the top five. I would we, I think both of us really like those guys, but. They're yeah. just not quite on the same level as as we like these two. Yeah, I I put it as in the kind of just my own brain. It's nothing official like that I, in a yeah. scouting system or anything. But like like a top ten grade is like okay, that's a true blue top ten grade. That's like as high as I can really give everyone. Like Trevor, I gave like basically yeah, he's number one pick. That's like the yeah. highest I can go. It's like both of these guys are easy top ten picks to me. It's not squinting. There's no inflation because they're a quarterback. While I would say Stroud, Young, and even Richardson, who I was really high on, I had like lottery pick grades on, which is basically, oh, I'm comfortable taking them in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Half half round inflation becomes the top 10, yada, yada. But that's kind of how I differentiate it because it's like, no, these these two, Burrow, Trevor, and I'd have to maybe think, I can't think of the fifth right off the top of my head. Those are like really the only guys I've given true blue top 10 grades to. So it's that kind of just sets it right there. Like <laughs> how highly I view both of these guys, even if I prefer May a little bit, I still think Williams is just fantastic as well. That's why it's going to be so much fun. It's oh, like, yeah. this is not, this is not like a, one of us going like, wow, really? Like a hot take here. It's like, these two are just, these two are fantastic, but okay. We got these two out of the way. So as of right now, it's August 9th when this episode is going to come out, who is your QB three going into, we were just starting training camp for colleges, start starting fall camp. But right now, who is your QB three? So in my quarterback preview, um, which uh, appreciate you mentioning earlier, uh, going position by position, uh, we're on linebackers coming out tomorrow. Uh, so we're almost done. Uh, but quarterbacks, so yeah, almost a month now came out. And at the time, J.J. McCarthy was my quarterback three. Uh, but uh, this is going to be a fluid conversation uh, throughout yes. the season. You know, theoretically, McCarthy has – Everything you want in a quarterback, the tools, the intangibles. Now it's just a matter of consistency. Uh, putting the offense in in times where he has to put them on his shoulders, he can do that. Carry the offense if needed. Uh, it gets a little complicated with this Michigan this Michigan offense because it's they're going to rely on the run game. That's going to be the focus of what they do. That's what Jim Harbaugh wants to be. Uh, and it's tough to blame them considering they have one of the best running back duos in the country. Blake Corum and that is awesome. Line. Yeah, exactly. The offensive line is outstanding, especially in the run game. So, you know, at some point, I mean, you have to look at it and say, uh, you know, okay, Jim Harbaugh, he doesn't need to rely on McCarthy to win him games. But he also has to realize he has a, a revving Ferrari at quarterback that, you know, I, people want to see you unleash this guy. So, I mean, when we saw it a little bit against Ohio State, we saw a little bit, um, you know, the Purdue game. All three of his touchdown passes on the Purdue tape were awesome. Um, TCU that was, was a little too. bit of a mixed bag. He had the, the two pick sixes, but he also had a lot of positive things on that tape as well. So with McCarthy, I, I'm just, I'm really excited for what he could continue to grow into, yeah. develop into. It's just, I'm, I'm a little cautious about, are we going to be able to see that? It also factor in Michigan's non-conference schedule this year is not good. It's terrible. Uh, the, the Big Ten, I mean, I, there are some really good defenses in the Big Ten. I think, you know, the Penn State game, the Ohio State game are going to be fun. Yep. Uh, but outside of that, I don't know. I mean, Illinois lost uh, quite a bit, but they still have some guys returning. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't know if we're going to be able to see enough 
uh, where Michigan's going to be in position where they need the quarterback to bail them out. So I think there's a, and this is assuming he comes out after this year, we might still be in a position where we're still trying to learn who J.J. McCarthy is. And that's not ideal for a a quarterback you're potentially thinking about taking in the first round. So as of right now in August, I'm going to say J.J. McCarthy, but I, I think this is where, you know, that first tier is the first two guys. The second tier is just you, you've got a group of really intriguing underclassmen yeah. uh, who any one of them would not surprise me if they ended up as that quarterback three uh, and, and maybe even pushed to be considered in that, uh, you know, that top tier. I don't think they'll get there, but at least be considered. Uh, but I mean, who who is your where we sit right now? Who Who is your quarterback three? I think I know uh, yeah. a- ACC quarterback. It's an ACC quarterback. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm very excited for a te- tobacco road matchup this year because I have Riley Leonard from Duke yeah. as my. Kid this is my quarterback and, four, so I, I'm I'm right yes. there with you. I was glad to see that that I he was a a guy that I noticed on TV last year and then was like okay I'm I'm going to watch the line, offense tackle anyways and then I ended up watching Riley Leonard the entire time. Um, just. Yeah, I'll talk about real quick. I'm going to go with McCarthy real quick, my notes on him. I kind of cooled. He was my QB4 when we last talked. I maybe cooled on him and maybe moved him to five. Another guy bumped for me. Uh, Everything you're talking about. It's that he misses, like, he'll have only, like, a couple throws that I'm like, that I want to see. Maybe, like, a sail route, which Mm -hmm. is, like, a deep corner route. But he throws, like, once every two games because they don't need to throw that ball. And if he misses it, and it's one of those, it's like, I don't want to ding him because it's like, I only see him throw it once. And if he misses it, it's like, okay, he's 0 for one on that. When another guy throws it maybe 15 times and I get to see those reps, it was kind of like Richardson a little bit last year where he he finished the game with 16 pass attempts. And so you really have to extrapolate everything you're seeing and trying to squint and everything and maybe see, okay, how's the footwork look? Okay. How does, how does his eyes look and look at all the intangibles. So I'm just, I'm with you. I just need to see more tape of him, but that's the thing. It's Michigan's offense. So it's like, I still might be wanting more by the time December hits, but he is a good athlete and there are some flash throws that I really like, but Riley Leonard though, uh, from Duke is first and foremost, I love his accuracy. Uh, that guy puts the ball on the money time and time again, off platform on the move, um, short and intermediate. I will say the Duke offense, and I texted you this kind of infuriates me because they throw so much quick game, and it's just like, oh, after a while, it's like push the ball down. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing these stick routes and these crossing routes. So let me see some. And so when you do see some red zone throws, you highlighted this clip too, and I think I tweeted it like as I was watching him was it was a little double move that he throws a little slug, a little slant and go route. And seeing him quickly reset and throw that ball. Perfect placement. Touch. Yeah. Perfect placement. And that's the type of throws that he does over and over and over. It's not and not it's not an accident. And yeah. on top of it, he's got good height. He's got longish frame. He's still probably he looks like he's like two ten ish, but looks like he can grow a little bit into that frame, which makes me excited. And he's a good athlete. This dude can run. Yeah. Like legit take it to the house when he's running. He's one he's an awkward runner. Probably four or like five built, four or five speed, right? That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah, he's built weird. Like, I don't know. It doesn't look fast, and you see him run, and all of a sudden he's just going for 20 yards. Right. He's taking it to the house. Uh, like, I've got, run. Uh, so this spring, he was 6'3 and 5'8", 211 okay. pounds. So okay. right where you're saying, well, he has the frame. It's just he doesn't yeah. necessarily have uh, maybe the weight you want to see yet. But I, I think he can put it on. 
it's it's kind of like how Stroud was. Like Stroud yeah. in 2021, it's like, okay, you're a little skinny. It looked like he put on maybe like seven pounds, you know, eight pounds because he has those longer arms same, and big hands. Mm-hmm. So I think the same thing with Leonard. He can get to that 220, and I think he'll be yeah. good there. It's not the end-all be-all because he is a good athlete. Um, just like him in the pocket, he's balanced too. Sometimes, once in a while, we'll try and make a little too much happen, but he has a great clock in his head. He's been coached very well, yes. getting the ball out, and his eyes are really good. I have a true first round grade on him right now, which is shocking. Going into the process, I didn't think I would. I thought it was just going to be these, the top two guys and then maybe a little gap. Um, I think his uh, arm strength is more above average ish mm-hmm. uh, with flashes of good. So I will say that's when I was referring to that earlier. This is the guy I'm talking about. But he wins with accuracy and timing, and he's he can throw off platform. He's a good athlete. He's got a little Johnny Knoxville to him, where he he'll he's running the ball. He he'll helicopter into the end zone. He's oh, yeah. not scared to take a hit. He's 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 a he's a competitor. So I'm very excited to watch Leonard this year. He was really grew on me as I watched him. And I ended up just like keep bumping him up every every game I watch. I'm watching five games on him, and I just I just really like his kind of all package as a player. And I think he still has room to grow. You think about what Duke was um, two years ago. I mean, they, they were yeah. a dumpster fire. I mean, they, they yeah, won they had three wins on the season. Um, you know, bring in Mike Elko as head coach, kind of an afterthought. When you think about Duke football, mm-hmm. they won nine games last year. And uh, Leonard as the quarterback first year as a starter, he was a big reason why. He had 33 total touchdowns. I mean, he was third in the ACC in total offense. Uh, I, I mean, what he was able to do with uh, maybe some uh, a supporting cast that uh, not there's not a ton of NFL players uh, out there on that Duke offense. There's a couple, but not a ton. Yeah. Uh, but look, this is a a guy that really I, I I noticed when I was watching ACC defensive players last year. And then when I put on the film, kind of like you said, it just okay, yeah, this guy's this guy's pretty good. I mean, he might not have an elite arm. He, he none of his physical traits are elite, but he is good enough across the board. He's accurate. Yeah. He's efficient. Um, he seems to have an instinctive feel for what he's doing. He doesn't, uh, for lack of a better term, piss his pants when you know the the rush comes in. He knows what to right. do. He has an escape uh, at all times. And so yeah, I, I can't wait to watch more of him. He. Uh, yeah. In the opener, opening weekend, uh, Duke has a very talented Clemson defense. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see right off the bat, you know, where what type of next step does he take? Because I'm with you. I think he's um, uh, right there in that, that second tier behind the first two as, you know, could be a first-round player, could be a guy that, you know, teams give uh, starting grades to. Um, he, he is a, he's a fun player to talk about. Yeah, I probably have, to kind of put in context, probably – the same grade on him as I have or had on um, Will Levis last year, okay. where it's kind of that borderline fringe, like late first round, early second. Half grade inflation might bump up. Will mm-hmm. Levis went to the second, so which is funny enough. Uh, but uh, but I'm saying that I think I, there could be a bump up even f- further from that. Levis kind of stagnated, as we all know, but I think that's where I'm at. Kind of the same kind of spot with him. Kind of yeah, really like to watch him. Not a lot. Of, I think his name is kind of starting to. You know, get a little noise behind it. I, I want people to watch Duke this year because they have a fun offensive lineman as well. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's an interesting team. They're really well coached. But all right, we've mentioned four guys now. Uh, who else? You highlighted, I believe, six in your article. But I would say, who kind of rounds out your top five or well, any I, other? I want to hear who passed mentions? McCarthy for you. 
uh, oh, as that was, as that quarterback four. Who who is that? It was I couldn't believe it. It was Quinn Ewers. Okay, yeah. And it was and I'm great to the flash with him. Yeah, and that sure. that's kind. Of, I think that's not shocking anyone. That's his whole game. It's just great to the flash. Mm-hmm. He's a little frustrating for me. I uh, <laughs> those guys, him and McCarthy, I gave kind of late like late second, early third kind of grades to. Mm-hmm. But like arrows pointing up, I want to see more out of them. So that was that's my how my top five goes. So it'd be May Williams Leonard. Like May May Williams, easy top ten grades. Leonard, kind of the late first grade. Then Ewers McCarthy, kind of that late second grade, but with arrows pointing up. But then, I mean, there's another crop of guys that I would consider in that tier as Ewers and McCarthy. So that's why I kind of want to hear who else you have up there as well. So maybe I can crib some of your notes as well (laughs) of some of the guys I might have to keep an eye on uh, that might be like honorable mention, maybe top five, top six, or even top seven if you want to throw that out there. Yeah, well, Ewers was my quarterback five, um, and, but I, like, I agree with what you're saying. Like, he could easily end up being quarterback three. I mean, that yeah. uh, he's ready to take the jump. I mean, we, we have to factor yeah. in the flashes we saw last year, uh, which was really his freshman season. I mean, we have to remember he reclassified to basically skip his senior year of high school, uh, goes to Ohio State where he, you know, sat the bench behind C.J. Stroud, unsurprisingly. Uh, decides to transfer, goes to Texas uh, last year, and you saw the flashes uh, basically as a as a freshman out there. Yeah. So he's going to be a sophomore uh, this year. Uh, technically, he's a only twenty sophomore. still. Right, he's a young. Uh, you know, he's this will be his first. He just finished his first full off season in Austin. Yeah. When you have Steve Sarkeesian, this is kind of maybe the opposite of JJ McCarthy, where uh, yeah. they're going to let Quinn Ewers throw it around. Uh, you look at the supporting cast that he has: Xavier Worthy. Deep threat. He's kind of four or five receivers that are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Xavier Worthy, think Hollywood Brown, you know, those types of vibes. Uh, Jordan Whittington's uh, probably the most consistent catcher, ball catcher of the group. He's a potential draft pick on day three. Uh, They bring in A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, size speed freak. Uh, I like Isaiah Nair, uh, who's another guy that could be drafted. And then I know you like Casey Kane. Uh, And so they they are deep at receiver. And that's not even including Jatavion Sanders. I was going to say tight end. Yeah, one of the best tight end prospects in the country. Uh, He's going to see a a healthy share of targets this year. So you factor in that. You factor in the offensive line is strong. Now it's up to Ewers to take that next step. He has an awesome arm. He can change his arm angles. He can anticipate. It's just a matter of feel. Something that we saw from... Uh, Caleb, we saw from uh, Drake May last year, but we have not seen it from from Quinn on a consistent basis yet where he understands where to find all of those solutions to the problem that the defense throws at him. So um, will we see more of that this year? Uh, I can't wait to find out. Going to Tuscaloosa early in the year uh, to face Alabama, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, So that was my quarterback five. Quarterback six for me was Bo Nix, who, you know, Oregon quarterback, could have came out and would have been a day two draft pick. Decided to go back to school, um, Auburn transfer, but doesn't didn't look anything like the Auburn quarterback we saw. No, on last he did not. <laughs> I mean, he, he was, was off my radar completely. I yeah. had I had committed. I'm like, I'm never have to study this guy. And it's like, oh, I do have to study him. Huh? He's actually not bad. That's it. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was accurate, um, especially over the middle of the th- of the field. I mean, he was really yeah. consistent, uh, sliding, climbing the pocket. Uh, did a nice job down the field with touch. Yeah, I mean, he's his post routes are are awesome. Uh, one of the yeah. best post route thrower in this class. So, you know, if you had asked me right now who's the top senior quarterback, I, I think it's pretty clearly 
Bo Nix um, out of Oregon. We'll see what he does now uh, for in year two in that offense. Loses his offensive coordinator. Uh, Dillingham, he, he went to or- uh, Arizona State, take the head coaching job there. Um, but, I mean, Bo Nix, I think, has all the talent there at Oregon uh, to continue developing and kind of putting his claim to why he should be a first-round pick. I don't know if he'll get there where he's going to be thought of as a, a, a guy you have to take in the top 32, but uh, he could establish himself as a top 50 guy, no doubt. He has that yeah. type of ability with a with a strong season here. He he was a guy I was like, really? I have to watch Bo Nix. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll watch him. And I watched about I watched three games of him, and he he grows on you. He had some he has some real gamer to him while making some hero throws that yes. I didn't know even I didn't even know that he had it in his bag. Like I didn't even, I was like, where was that for the last couple of years at yeah. Auburn? My head. Um, and sometimes you just got to get to a fresh start. And also with a system that maybe is a little more conducive to it, uh, but he would just have like showing off his talent, like throwing stuff underneath. Um, yeah. He was a guy that kind of, I warmed it up to. And with viewers, I'm, I, I just, I, you watch some of the flashes. He can be frustrating. His footwork can be frustrating, but it's like, again, he just needs more live bullets. He just needs more reps. Like a lot of these guys, he's a baby. All these guys yeah. are babies. Right. Uh, not Nick's obviously, but all these other guys that we're talking about. And so that's what the year is. Also Paul Christ is there, which uh, he's mm-hmm. an offensive analyst there now too. So I'm, I'm curious what, what some Sark and Christ magic happened in Texas right now. I'm, I'm very curious to watch that offense for now that I know my old mentor is there, <laughs> but uh, no, but it's uh, yours and everything. And with Nick's Nick's, I, I, I have no idea what to think of him. I have that. He's in that same tier for me as yours, McCarthy, where it's just like, okay, I'm putting a second round grade on you. With an arrow, I don't know. <laughs> it might stagnate right there, but I, I feel like he deserves at least a chance in this league, like as, as some sort of role. And that's right okay. now as we sit here in August, and I want to see him go into this next year. So um, any other quarterbacks? Oh, sorry. Say, on, on Bo, I, I think a lot of listeners are going to roll their eyes at this, but NFL teams re- and scouts really care about uh, – have you overcome adversity in your yep. career in some shape or form? Um, and with Bo Nix, you think about, he was a legacy at Auburn. He, you know, flashed enough as a freshman where you thought, okay, this guy is going to be something. But then a sophomore mm-hmm. year wasn't good. Junior year wasn't good. He, he was going the wrong way. He was declining. And part of that was the Auburn program was it going that direction uh, with or without him. So uh, he goes to Oregon, even with all of that uh, on his resume. And, you know, he had the confidence to step in there, win the starting job, be the guy, and, you know, went over that locker room, went over that coaching staff. So overcoming everything that happened at Auburn to reinvent himself as a prospect that matters in a big way to NFL teams and scouts who want to see these guys, you know, face some of that adversity so they know what they're made of, what the makeup is. So that, that I, I, again, I know that it's kind of cliche with a lot of when we talk about quarterback prospects, but NFL teams care about it. So, uh, you know, that's worth talking about. And it, it matters, too, because a lot of these guys, like say he stayed at Auburn, he's the legacy guy, and there's an ML, uh, you know, just a, a book on him, mm-hmm. good or bad, from those guys. So you go into a fresh, fresh spot and seeing how guys act when they're humbled, yeah. which is a very real thing in the NFL. Because it's just a lot of these guys for the first time usually have to that like some guy coming from, I'll just say like an Ohio State or an Alabama that just wins game after game or Georgia recently they just win game after game after game after game. They have to face maybe two tough matchups at the end of the year. Not I don't want to knock like SEC ball or anything, but this is just a point I'm trying to make here, people. Right. <laughs> but you just they don't. 
ever have to face it, maybe outside of two weeks. And it's with people that they've hung out with, that they got recruited with, with coaches that love them and all that stuff. So you don't really know what actually, ha- or how they actually act when they face some of these, you know, a lot of these guys never had to face six losses in a row. Now these, some of these guys didn't have to get their, their, all their coaches get fired after nine months after they get drafted. You know, that's some of these guys never have to go through that. So that's a very, very important point to make. I'll, I'll kind of last or kind of, Kind of give you my, another honorable mention thing here. Any other QBs outside the ones that we've talked about? Any just to keep an eye on or any others that have note? Any that you've been or your favorite watches? Maybe outside the cup, top couple of guys? I'll cut on a couple of questions here, Dane. Uh, but any other kind of honorable mentions that you want to throw in here? Um, just, you know, fun watches or just some guy that you're like, hey, you know, there's some, there's some noise about this guy. We'll see. We'll just, you know, maybe it's a TBD at this point in time. Yeah, definitely some TBDs in this class, I think. Um, yeah. One name we're going to hear a lot about is Joe Milton at Tennessee. Yeah. 6'5", 240 pounds, huge arm. I mean, good bet he'll have the strongest arm in the draft. Um, We've already heard the Anthony Richardson comparisons because of those physical traits. Uh, But Milton doesn't have nearly the same type of speed or creativity as a runner. Um, I don't think he has the same feel as Richardson showed uh, in a small sample size. And I mean, we have to remember Richardson was a third year sophomore. So he was, you know, really a first year starter where with Milton, this is his sixth year in college. So, you know, I I think right now he is in that mid round conversation, but somewhere around uh, around the league are optimistic. He can climb even higher. So Joe Milton, definitely a name to keep an eye on. He's he's an offense. I'll make him look good. That's it. (laughs) Exactly. That's part of the equation here is with that hypo offense at Tennessee. We saw what it did for Hendon Hooker. Uh, If, Milton can be even 75% of what Hendon Hooker was at Tennessee. So not quite maybe a, a, a Heisman guy like, like Hooker was but before his injury. But if he can be 75% of that, that's going to give some NFL team the optimism that he still has room to develop, room to grow, and Milton will be a, a top 100 pick easy if yeah. he is 75% Hendon Hooker this year. Now, can he yeah. be that? I don't know. It's, he's in the, playing in the SEC. That'll be – I already got that uh, Georgia game uh, circled on the calendar. That's going to be a lot of fun to see how he does up uh, against uh, the number one team in the nation. Um, I want to see Devin Leary at Kentucky. We just you know talked yeah. about Bo Nix and what he was able to do after he transferred. Now, go Devin Leary at NC State going to Kentucky. Uh, he'll be playing under Liam Cohen, uh, who had a little sabbatical in the NFL. Uh kind of to the detriment of, of Will Levis in his final year. But what can Leary gain from that? Uh, he's a he got a strong arm. Uh, the last three years at NC State, I think he – you saw the flashes. But he struggled flashes. to really put together yes. a full game. Uh, but you see why teams are optimistic some, about some him. Some accuracy stuff that was yeah. kind of – yeah. It just, that's it's what's consistency for him. Uh, yep, yep. But he can set up quickly. He can, you mm-hmm. know, especially over the middle of the field, I think he works well. I think outside the numbers, that's where his accuracy falters a little bit. Um, Spencer Rattler, I mean, it wasn't too long ago we couldn't find a mock draft, an early mock draft without him in the top 10, right? Right. Uh, the star has fallen off, but kind of reinvented himself a little bit last year yeah. uh, at South Carolina. So what does he look like this year? Uh, does he continue to take another step forward? Um, I, some of the issues with him are intangible related in terms of just right. the way he carries himself. Um, you know, how is that going to play out throughout the process? But Spencer Rattler has a lot of talent. And that's something that NFL teams, they don't shy away from rolling the dice on talent um, at this position. So what can he do this year to help himself? Um, th- those are guys that I think are 
those three will be in the prime conversation of the senior class. Um, other guys that I just enjoyed watching, Jordan Travis at Florida State. He's a yeah. dual threat guy who uh, – That was a great tout by you. He was a lot of fun yeah, to watch. Florida State yeah. is going to be a fun team this year, right? I they mean, are. Yeah, they, they've got guys on offense like Keon Coleman uh, yep. and Johnny Wilson at receiver. Uh, Benson, the running back, is awesome. Uh, the best tackle breaker in college football. Um, on defense, Jared Verse would have been a top 20 guy if he came out. Uh, but he has a chance to be the first senior drafted this year. So Florida State is appointment viewing this year for uh, if you're looking for NFL prospects. And then uh, Michael Pratt at Tulane. Um, I, I thought it was a, yep. a you know just a easy guy to watch and appreciate what he does. Um, you know he's he's on time. Uh, he's accurate. He, he's a functional quarterback. And it, sometimes that that's all you need uh, at the next level is just be a functional about. quarterback. <laughs> A lot of guys have made a long living oh, yeah. <laughs> just being a functional QB. Uh, and I, I, I totally agree with you with, with Travis. I, I really enjoyed watching him. Had more IQ to him than maybe mm-hmm. I thought. We see that type of quarterback year in, year out in college football. The runaround guy that's 6'1", 200 pounds, pretty good athlete, pretty good arm, but their eyes are everywhere. His eyes are good. He's aggressive as all get out. Like I, That's why I loved he That guy is a big game hunter. He's trying to throw corner shot hole shots. He's trying to throw over the middle. It's it's a lot of fun. He's just a very fun football player. I said he's a, a Heineke type where he 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 might be running around and again another Johnny Knoxville type. Mm-hmm. Just a fun player. I, I really like him. I, I I'm gonna have a limit of how high I can grade him, but he's a guy that I think can maybe just stick as a run around guy in the NFL. Uh, but I, I had Joe Milton as well as a guy I'm keeping an eye on. Um, I'm also just keep uh, as far as transfers and this guy when he first started at Clemson, I was like, oh, wow, well, here's another guy. Here's another five-star, and that's DJ Ugalele. Yeah. I always butcher his name, but that's close enough. Hey, that, that's pretty good. I was going to give you credit. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I, I know it sounds like ukulele, so that's how <laughs> that's how I get to it. Um, but his – that his I'm talking about the, the, the shine coming off and going in that Clemson offense that is kind of – kind of fallen by the wayside and uh, when you don't have a Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence as your QB kind of it's a tough offense to operate (laughs) when you don't have a dude making throw after throw so I want to see him at Oregon State I I love the coaching staff at Oregon State on both sides of the ball I think that they'll get the most out of him and I I think he's a perfect guy to be in an under center play action type offense he's a classic big arm dude so I'm just I have an eye on him I have no like I barely have a draftable grade on him off of what he's shown at Clemson. He got benched for uh, for a freshman. So and Kate Klubnick, who I actually do like, yeah. Uh, but that is that is just uh, this is someone I want to keep an eye on. I'm glad he brought up Rattler because just like you said, the arm talent that guy makes. He has a throw a game that is just S tier rare. But it's just you know the in between stuff. The second half of last year was really encouraging though. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about the you know the. You know, other guys, the Caleb Williams of the world and Drake Mays of the world, and talk about their intangibles and their makeup. That's what he has to prove more than anything. How was he when he came in at South South Carolina? And I would say, and and just the fact that he went back to school, I thought that was a maybe a step in the right direction, right? You know, like he didn't he didn't bolt. He you know had a little bit of success down the stretch. He said, and, and when they faced adversity in games, he didn't fade. Yeah, that was always his thing. Once they went down two scores, he just started gunning, throwing everywhere, mm-hmm. and he actually like made the team better, which was really cool to see. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, he looked himself in the mirror and said, "Hey, I, I, I can get better. I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. go back to school and I'm going to get another year under my belt and get better." And I, maybe that was a little bit of you know that self awareness that he seemed to lack as a recruit, and then in his early years, yes. uh, and, and that's what you want to see. So that I'm just. 
you know, that's not Diversity. the, you know, we, we, not to write the book on them or anything, but hopefully that's a step right. in the right direction. I, I totally agree. And the last guy I'm going to mention is Jalen Daniels from Kansas, just because okay. I wish he was bigger because that dude's a fun football player. I love watching Kansas's offense that some of it's out of necessity of how weird they have to get, but it's a very, very well-coached team and one that's really fun to watch, even if they don't have the best players, but he really makes them go and he he can make some real throws and I actually have a draftable grade on him a day three grade, but he's just a guy I want to watch this year just because I think he's just a fun football player. Even if he might never get to those, you know, the next tiers that we're talking about. Some of these guys earlier in the show. I think that sums up exactly why or how deep this class is. Cause he's my yeah. 25th senior, 25th, not, right? not just overall quarterback, just senior, just senior quarterback. Uh, but I understand why you like him. He did a lot of fun things. For that Kansas uh, offense last year, I, he, I, I think that you know he he has a chance to you know we, it, when you do rankings this early, it's more like tiers, right? And so like yeah. it, there, there's a lot of room for fluctuation as we go on. But uh, no, I'm glad you brought him up. And I Washington fans already hate me because I haven't. Oh been, yeah, we haven't mentioned Penix. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't been sky high on their guys um, throughout the summer. Yeah, but you know, Mike, we I do want to mention Michael Penix real quick because he is a draftable quarterback. Um, yes. He's just not that slam dunk top 100 pick that uh, you know a lot of people want to make him out to be. But you know, and part of that's the injury stuff, right? At Indiana, he he had a lot of injuries. Had a really good year last year. Um, uh, he he has the arm strength to sling the ball all over the yep. field. Throws a catchable ball. Uh, mechanics are uh, all over the place. He overstrides a lot. Uh, uh, yes, that's the number yeah. one. He is he will overstride like crazy, yes. especially when he's throwing outside. Yeah. And, and he still and he he'll make some throws every game that he knows he shouldn't make, yep. but he still tries it. And you yep. know he just kind of that that YOLO stuff uh, where I'm just gonna see what happens. And so the ball placement and decisions just need to be more precise, more yep. consistent if Penix is going to have an NFL career. But another guy who came back for his senior year, uh, we'll see. Another transfer. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> and he, he's got receivers there. Uh, so we'll yeah. see what – that Washington offense should be uh, should be a good one this year, really productive. And so it, 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 Penix is a big part of that. So it'll be fun to watch him, see if what improvements he makes. They're a fun team, and I even like the edge that they have. Um, yeah, Bra uh, Braylon Trice. Yeah, Trice. Yep, yeah, Obi Trice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, but uh, uh, how the one receiver number uh, number one is it a Dunzi and Roman Dunzi a Dunzi a Dunzi and a Dunzi. The other one is uh, McMillan. Who, McMillan. Yeah, they, they've got they've got a couple guys on that offense. In relation to Nate Nate McMillan, a longtime Seattle. I, I don't think so, but I, I, I don't think, know, I don't think it is. I, it was the first thing I looked up. I was like, oh, Washington McMillan, maybe, right, but right. I don't think he was. I think he was from California or something. Yeah. But a Dunsey, I, I actually don't have him as like a first round grade, but just getting ahead of myself. But I, I liked him because he was he's I, he has a power slot maybe down the road. Mm -hmm. He digs out some of those safeties. So that was like the one guy, but he's not maybe the sexiest player for a guy that's kind of yeah. gotten some hype. So I'm with you on it that I kind of I liked him, but maybe didn't love any of those Washington guys. And I'm I'm with you on Penix. I thought. Some of his mechanic stuff was like you, you mentioned the overstriding. I uh, you see that all the time. The not listening to his feet, which is mm -hmm. the no, 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 yes throws, or the no, 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 why'd you do that throws? Right. And for a guy that has so many, so much experience, he kind of that's a little more worrisome than maybe a guy that only has ten starts under his belt. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where you have to kind of take all those kind of mm -hmm. variables and put them in there. I I look at him as a day three guy. I like him, but just you know, I, I'm right there with you though that I just couldn't get around on him <laughs> even if I wanted to and i watched plenty of games of uh washington because they have plenty of draftable guys and, and all the feedback i got from nfl people was third to fifth round 
So it's not like we're just, you know, killing the kid here. Like that's how the NFL views him right now, where we are in August. um, The feedback was all in that third to fifth round range. Great. Makes me, makes you feel better. (laughs) Every once in a while, I just like, you see, you see some of the public facing analysis and you're like, huh? Yeah. Am I? It's the principal Skinner meme. Is, am I? Am I the one that's wrong? Right. right. <laughs> am, am I out of touch? Uh, but no, Dane. This was this was a great, a very fun inaugural episode. I guess at least this iteration yeah. of this, this version of Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> this was a very, very fun episode. I'm so glad that we get to do this and we get to do this all year. Every week will be coming out on Wednesdays. Um, it'll be back out next Wednesday. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And Dane, thank you so much again for joining me. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun this year. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> we're in training camp, baby. Your articles are out. We're about to get that first mock draft. Oh no, we had a we had a two two early mock draft. But yeah, we're about to get cr- that first big it out, throw it out. Yeah, that, well, top fifty coming up here in a few weeks. That, that'll be something that I put a lot of time into. Yeah, it'll, that's always fun. So, no, no, this is great. This is uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun uh, as we kind of do this each week. And I'm eager to get your perspective and uh it'd be fun you know prospects pros doing both of it on the show it'll be fun it will be great uh but no thank you all for joining us and uh we'll see you guys next time this was the athletic football shows prospects to pros podcast